We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, episode 102 with Brian Costello. This week I'm continuing my conversation with Brian and we are going to talk about the book that he wrote and also the really cool Classroom Community World Tour that he's doing. I think you're going to love it, and I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say about that. And please contact him if you are interested in that. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. Thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. I do want to talk to you a little bit about the book that you recently wrote. So the McGill and the Magic Hat. Did I get the name right or wrong? Sorry. It's uh, Will McGill and the Magic Hat, yeah. Will McGill and the Magic Hat. All right. So talk to us a little bit about the book that you wrote. So I started my educational career as an aide, as an instructional aide, while I was going back to school to get my teaching degree. And while I was there, I worked with some pretty uh, interesting and and awesome kids who kind of inspired me to create this character. Uh, One of the things I learned as I was going to beginning to learn about education was how uh, there was just this gap of time when boys especially, but just kids in general, went from loving to learning to read and loving to read to all of a sudden, uh, not liking reading quite as much. And one of the things I noticed was that there wasn't a lot of good fiction that drew kids into to reading and was personable and something kids could relate with. So I started writing. I wrote this book uh, about seven years ago, and I tried to get it published. I found out that publishers, publishing companies for kids' books didn't take non-unsolicited manuscripts. And so I kind of shelved it. I'd read to kids every year. About a year and a half ago, I found um, an independent publisher who put out books. Uh, I found him through a uh, previous guest, uh, Doug Robertson, who uh, his publisher put out Doug's books. The, he's the weird teacher. And he got me connected with this guy. And so I found a really, really talented artist at my school who was excited about the book and loved to love the story. And she drew some just unbelievable uh, illustrations that really captured the book. And 
I was really inspired and got it together. And finally, seven years later, which is way longer than I had thought, but better than never, uh, I got it out available. It's on Amazon. I can get ebooks on Smashwords, Kindle, Barnes and Noble, which it's just been really cool to hold that in your hand and say, you know, this was one of those bucket list things for me that I always wanted to publish a book. And now I have. Now I want to do it again. <laughs> I just think that it's awesome that you did it. And it's awesome that you have it on Amazon, ready to go. I bought it and uh, it it hasn't gotten to me yet. I don't know why, but I'm in Alaska, so that could be something to do with it. But um, just looking through the pictures that are on there, it looks like a, like an awesome book and I'm really excited to read it and read it to my kids and share it with them and definitely going to have the a link to buy it in the show notes. It's only seven bucks. So, you know, everybody who listens to this should definitely go and buy it just to support you and to support people who are fulfilling dreams that they've had for ages. So I just think it's cool. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I, I won't say I, I did write it seven years ago, but I've rewritten it probably seven or eight times since then. Pretty much every time I read it until I finally decided it was time to publish it. But yeah, I appreciate that. It's just, it's really cool to be able to say that I actually, I did this. And, you know, to have my, you know, my mom goes on Facebook and share, shares like, look what my son, the published author just did. And I'm like, oh, wow, uh, that's funny to have uh, even your parents are, are excited about something like this and they can uh, show it off to their friends. And their her excitement just makes me more excited about it. And it is a pretty good story if I say so myself. And I've had great reviews from kids that have read it so far. Of course, they all know me, so they probably just like it because it was me. But <laughs> you can't see my face right now, but I have a smile from ear to ear just talking about this because... I love writing and this was just so much fun to, to have it together and see it out, see it come into being, you know? Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I was talking to my dad on uh, FaceTime the other day and he said, you know, I don't really pay much attention to your interviews with people because they're usually just so incredibly boring. <laughs> He's proud of me still, but I said, dad, do you know that they are interviews? So I'm not actually like just writing about them. I'm actually interviewing them and you can listen to them. And he said, no, I didn't know you did that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's really funny because he, I know my dad has always been proud of me, but he thinks that what I do is so incredibly boring that he just can't bring himself to, to spend any time about it. And you, on the other hand, have something that is actually exciting and fun and a good kid's book that, that your parents, your mom can actually really be proud of. So that's really cool. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it, just talking about it gets me smiling, like I said, from ear to ear. And to know that kids will be reading it and hopefully there'll be kids who enjoy it. It's, it's awesome. The, the, the school has been really supportive. You know, they're every, every month they have this, like they have an author of the month that they highlight, like a favorite author from a different teacher. So next month uh, that will be me, which I'm pretty excited about because seeing it on Amazon and having kids know that you're an author is just, uh, it's really fun. And kids are like, I really like your book. And you know that kind of stuff really just makes you want to do it, do it again. Now I'm just trying to figure out where uh, where I go from here with this, but it's just it's 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 awesome. It's so much fun to to share that and see people actually enjoying it. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So you also do adult writing. Also, you're part of the Q blog. Do you want to talk a adult writing? <laughs> <laughs> that could have come out better. For adults, <laughs> uh, writing for educators. So sorry about that. Oh no, that's that's funny. Uh, I could have let that go, but I I know there'll be somebody out there who's sitting there giggling to themselves. Yeah, it's 
no earphones. So not uh, worth it to let that one go. I left that way wide open for you. But uh, yeah, so um, I've been writing my own my own blog for about two years, and I last year I wrote every day for six months in two different blogs, which was insane and probably a terrible idea. Uh, I, I recommend it to no one. Um, but writing regularly is something I've tried to try to keep up with, and I've had had a post published about it was over the summer um, a Q blog about that being connected uh, and about encouraging others and, and finding ways to help others as opposed to judge others and make their teaching better as opposed to you know segregating. But then recently, I, I'm pretty excited. I, I should have. Uh, sometime soon somewhere in the the log of many great blog posts that were coming through uh, q's blog uh is post about a project i'm doing with my kids which makes it really exciting for me which is our classroom community world tour and what we're doing is i i always found it really boring teaching social studies uh for most of the things that we would do primary social studies is primarily about communities and and jobs and and what kids do or what communities um are and how they function and um, the different types of communities and the geography around them. And so uh, this summer, while I was learning a lot more about Google Apps and becoming a a Google certified uh, educator, I, I found Tour Builder. Thanks to Rich Kiker, who showed me the, uh, the the beta version of Tour Builder, and I said, "Wouldn't it be cool to to show real kids in real places? You know, show them real things, real kids learning about real urban communities and real suburban communities and uh, real rural communities from the kids who live there, as opposed to reading about them and seeing one little picture in a book. Sure, we still read about them, but we also ask the kids who live there, you know, what are your favorite games and Um, What kind of foods do you eat and what kind of things do you learn in school? Uh, We take a look at their, we take a look at their schools, their communities uh, using Google Maps. Um, We walk around the streets of their town and really get a feel for who the kids are and what it's like to live there. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that Tour Builder was before talking to you about this. So how does that actually work? Do other kids in other district or other communities go around and, and do the pictures for you? So... What we've done, and we've only done a couple of these so far, because like I've mentioned, it, it gets a little tight with time every once in a while. But uh, we'll be picking up picking up steam after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of those times where we actually have a lot of things to talk about in social studies, uh, besides community. So, although I guess that's also community discussion as well. But basically, what we do is we I line up some guests. Sometimes we have a project or something. So, like for International Dot Day, uh, we shared with Corey Graham who works in uh, Byron, Minnesota. We were shared with some of her kids. And we, we shared our, uh, our dots from uh, the book The Dot uh, by Peter Reynolds about making your mark on the world. And so we shared ours, and then we asked them some questions about where they lived. We send out a Google form. We use Google Maps to just tour around the community, and they take some pictures of their school. Second group we did it with was in Lake Mary, Florida with Nicole Basilis. Uh, I did a presentation with her here in New Jersey. She was up here for a conference that I was in in September, and then we went and connected our classes together. Her class took some pictures. My class wrote some extra questions for them. Her, her kids are near Disney World, so we have lots of questions for them and have a handful of other places lined up starting. We're going to kind of kick it in a high gear and try to go to one one place a week. I have uh, my kids want to go to Africa, so I'm working on finding some ways to work around time zones to get them to uh, connect with some kids in Africa. But they they come up with questions. We that we ask some preliminary questions to get some ideas. 
Uh, and then what we do in Tour Builder is we take the pictures and the notes that we've gathered from the information we've talked about and any observations we have. We put the notes in the Tour Builder because there's a section for notes. There's a section for pictures. So we, we add some pictures into the school. And what happens is it will literally take you like a Google map on a bird's eye view flying from one place to another and then zoom in on that location, and then your information pops up on the sides. So you can add pictures and videos. You can add text. I'm not sure if you can add audio. I haven't tried that. But basically, you can do pretty much anything to show them, to remind them. So what will happen at the end of the year is not only our kids, but all the other schools that we visited will have this uh, map of locations where we've been, uh, things that we've learned, and a summary of what that location is like and the differences we found between those locations and others. Wow. So that sounds pretty cool to me. And it definitely sounds a lot better than what social studies that I knew was like for elementary school. That's a pretty cool project. If people want to join in that with you, how? what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? They can connect with me on Twitter. They can send me an email. They can uh, read the upcoming Q blog that should be out shortly. There'll be a Google form to fill out in there for anybody who's interested. That way I can kind of keep everybody straight. So far, it's just kind of been people I, I know already, people I've connected with through through Twitter, Voxer, or conferences. But I don't want to limit myself to, to that. I want to I want to have the opportunity for anybody who who's interested in connecting with my kids. It might be a couple weeks, it might be a couple months, but at some point, I want to take my kids to as many different types of places as possible so that they can really see the world. I mean, this was inspired by the fact with for my kids that we're in a really small community. A lot of the kids don't go a lot of places. They don't see a lot of the world. And one of the things I, I always thought was if we could show kids more of what the world is like, then you know, they would be aware of more of the things that are open to them. So how can I do that? Well, through technology, I can at least bring them a little glimpse of that. It's not the same as, you know, taking a vacation somewhere or going on a major trip, but it's better than not being aware of it at all. Yeah, that is absolutely the truth. That is pretty cool. So my daughter is in second grade and I'm going to see if I can get her teacher to join in on this with you so that you can have someone out here in Alaska. You don't have anybody on Kodiak Island in Alaska, do you yet? Not yet. No, uh, not yet. But it sounds <sighs> like we'll be lining that up. Sounds like a match made in heaven, if you ask me. Absolutely. I can't wait to... Alaska to New Jersey. To tell my kids we'll be, uh, we'll be traveling to Alaska. Uh, they'll be pretty excited about that, I'm sure, because the, the farther away, the more exotic we can get, the, the more excited they are. Um, so I have some places that are closer closer lined up, and I'm you know, the only reason I think that one of my, my group's kids will be excited is because they already know who the teacher is because we connected with her class last year. Um, but a lot of the, the, the it seems like the, the more interesting the place, obviously, the more excited. And anytime we take a look at it, they start asking, you know, have you figured out a way for us to go to Africa? Can we go to Germany? Can we go to, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, there's time zones. And then we have to find, make sure the classes that we're, connecting with understand us and we understand them and i I guess there are ways around that i have to kind of troubleshoot that if i can't get the uh classes speaking that would speak english well enough for my kids to talk directly to them i guess we could use some translating software or something get them connected to a whole a whole new avenue there would be even better (laughs) yeah so um in my last district i was part of this thing called face to faith which was a thing run by the tony blair faith foundation who who was the former prime minister of great britain and that was a really neat experience and what surprised me was that when we were 
doing video conferences with people in India and Iraq and and China and uh, some other places. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Those kids actually all spoke English. And so I was surprised to see that they were all so fluent and could understand what we were saying and could communicate with us just fine. So, you know, I'm not sure what it'll be like in in the lower grades. Those are high school students, but there is a possibility that they may be able to speak English and you and you may not be aware of that. So, you know, I'm sure that you'll be able to figure out a way to make that all happen. And anybody who's listening to this, if you can reach out to Brian and, and start making some of that happen, that would be really awesome. I know that we're getting close to uh, your bedtime, <laughs> or we oh, must I be. Don't, I, don't, I don't sleep. Uh, so uh, the last question I ask every interviewee is, what's one thing that someone can do starting this week to be a transformative principal? I would say find ways to say yes. One of the things that I, I feel like is is most empowering for me has been this past year is that when I ask to do something, I don't get no. Sometimes I don't get yes, but I definitely don't get no. It's okay, well, let's think about how that works. And for me, that just that just inspires me to push and to do more and to come up with more ideas and, and create more things. So for example, just to give a quick example, you know, at the end of last year, I said, you know, our school needs a makerspace. We need to build this. I had another teacher that wanted to do it with me. I went to our administrator and I said, we want to do this. And he goes, well, we don't have any money in the budget for it, but if you can make it happen, you can have the space. Go ahead, do it, see what you can do. And that's all, that's all you need. You know, if you can find a way to green light somebody and let them jump into a project or, or find a way to say yes to somebody, or at least find a way to not to say no, you'll find that people are so much more willing to do things for you when it's when you're asking them for them. And all of a sudden, people who were shut down before, people who have shut off, will start turning on because they're all of a sudden feeling empowered, feeling like what that they can make a difference, and that'll start to catch. And people will, you know, it'll snowball. So whatever you do, try not to shoot down people's ideas because when you open up the, the full floor and say yes, you really get people thinking, wow, I can make a difference. I can do this. And, you know, in a few short months, you've gone from having nothing in our, in our school to having a 3D printer and a couple of droids and some circuitry and little bits and, and a Lego wall and we have parents and community members and board members just pouring in donations and things like that to make this a reality. You have parents hanging out in the makerspace, playing with their kids with Legos and taking apart DVD players and seeing how they work. And it was just kind of a lot of fun to see. You know, as soon as someone says yes or, or says go ahead and give it a shot, give it a shot, all of a sudden big exciting things can happen from that. So you want to make big changes, find ways to say. Yes, and make people make it possible for people to do more. Yeah, that's that's great advice, Brian. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You, as I said before, are an inspiration, and I appreciate your time and sharing your knowledge with us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jethro. It's been—I uh, can't believe we've been talking for almost an hour. It's—it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's been awesome. So, thank you so much. What a great interview with Brian. He is a really awesome person, and when he becomes a principal, he is going to knock the socks off of whatever school he is lucky enough to have him. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please subscribe and give it a rating, and make sure you share it with your friends. That will really help other people 
learn from the amazing things that I am fortunate enough to learn from firsthand in these interviews. Also, if you sign up for my newsletter, um, I will send you the five ways to be a transformative principal. It's a little short uh, thing that I put together from all over 100 episodes of interviews with principals and how to be transformative. I hope that you will uh, sign up for that and take something away that will help you starting right away. I've been your host, Jethro Jones. Thank you for listening to the Transformative Principle Podcast. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Edu Podcast Network. If you want to learn something new, check out Jennifer Gonzalez's Cult of Pedagogy podcast. She's got a great website with beautiful design and produces really great content all the time. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.